We honor you for 70 years of climate. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, for those of you who want to have a great time with your family and maybe have a climate change opportunity, uh, the History Channel is putting on a series for the next five Sundays on the Bible. It's done in a very dramatic, engaging way. It's kind of like a video. You like that? You're going to like the History Channel video. Uh, what we're going to do in our family is we're going to huddle around the, the, the DVR and record it, and then uh, we're going to watch it with our kids for a little devotional. We're going to invite our neighbors over to watch with us who have come to church from time to time, but sometimes that is an opportunity to help their climate change as well. So uh, it's important that we have a good climate in our neighborhood, right? Yeah. You know, when you live in a neighborhood, especially if your neighbors are in close quarters, yeah. it can be close quarters combat at times. Sure. Or it can be great. Yeah. And, you know, your neighbor to the right could have a cloudy, stormy, gust of winds of 90 from time to time, right? Uh, the other neighbor could have a climate change of humidity. It's always hot. Always, always down. Uh, but we want to look at our relationships. And one of the things that we talked about last week was the forecast of our relationships remain the same until the climate begins to change. So the forecast, you, can, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out what's going to happen to a relationship when you're aware of the current climate. And last week we talked about Cain and Abel. And there was a, a, an emotion in Cain that was brewing of, of anger and disappointment over his brother. And God was trying to help him. But since he failed to change the climate, the forecast was predictable. And he went on to kill his brother out in the fields. You know, are you aware of your dominant moves? You know, one of the challenges with climates is that you're aware of other people's climate, but you're not aware of your own climate. You know, people are very well aware of your climate at work and at home and at school pickup. They are very aware of yours. But we are sometimes the last to realize our own climate and what we bring to a relationship. Isn't that true? Now, being aware of your emotions, and we do have a lot of them. Some try to hide it through stoicness, but we, we all have them. And we talked last week about being aware of your emotions. Don't become your emotions. And Cain was, was, was made aware of his emotions by God. God had told him, you're angry. Master your emotions. It's crouching at your door. And God, what God tells us is that we have the opportunity and the ability and the power through Him to master our emotions. We can't. Or else we become our emotions. You ever become anger when you hit walls and kick car doors and you've done things that you're not proud of? You've thrown your children's toys across the room? I'm just kind of sharing my life with you. <laughs> and so we begin to have this, this, this question. What's it like to be on the other side of me? And we ask you to ask someone around you that this question. Maybe it was your husband. Maybe it's your boyfriend. Maybe it's, your, it's, it's a fellow Christian in the church. What's it like to be on the other side of me? And then we, we, we pretended to, to, that we asked ten emails from you. And we would send them out anonymously to all your coworkers and friends. And they would respond to this question. Put a little joke on you. Everyone got very insecure at that moment. But what, it's a true question to ask of ourselves. What's it like to be on the other side of me? You know, you ask your children that. That's a good one. That's very humbling and might put you in therapy, but it's a great question to ask. It's a great question to ask. 
What's it like to be on the other side? And, and as you've grown up in your life, throughout, the, throughout your entire life, there have been labels that we, we have been given by others that we can't shake. Someone either referred to us as ugly, too short, too fat, too dark skin. And so we have these labels that have kind of stuck with us, but we don't talk about them, but sometimes they're activated by our other relationships. And they activate these deep-seated, insecure labels that we carry, and it affects our climate when they're activated. So maybe it's failure. Maybe, maybe someone in your life has told you, you have not lived up to the expectations that I've put out for you. Maybe you failed. Maybe you disappointed. Maybe those are the words that have stuck with you your entire life. And your entire life, you've been trying to achieve so much success to get rid of this label. That you have failed in something. That you've disappointed a parent, a mother, an uncle, a brother, a sister, your children. And we're giving us, we give ourselves these labels. Sometimes we hide, we hide these labels by our success. We go to school, we get degrees, we get a great job. But deep inside, there's another label that's kind of under this label. And we try to disguise our insecurities. And sometimes it's our just everyday experiences in our life. You know, when you cut someone off on the freeway, and they get mad at you, and you do something you're totally embarrassed about, and it reminds you of that, you know, of your past or whatnot. And we have these experiences in our life that define who we are. At least we've allowed ourselves to be labeled. And so these labels begin to define us. Whether it's, you know, a failed marriage. Whether it's, you know, being let go at work. We start to believe that we become these labels. And so we try to look up what it means to be successful, and we try to hide them from others. Super cool. You know, we all tried that once, didn't we, in high school? We tried everything to be super cool. We would wear the silliest things to school just to fit in, because we wanted to be super cool. We did crazy things. But all in all, we're just have an, an enormous amount of insecurity in our lives. And so that, that dramatically, and it dramatically affects our climate in our relationships. When these things get activated in our relationships, it brings about a climate. And one of the things that we can try to control when you're made aware of is the atmosphere that you have in your home. What is the atmosphere like in your house? Is it sunny, stormy, lightning, typhoon weather, hurricane? You know, I go into some of my children's room and I feel like a hurricane just hitting there. And my, that affects my climate. I'm like, who's going to pick that up? I go from sunny to cloudy really fast. How is your climate this morning? And so we're going we're gonna to try to answer... Some of these questions and some of these statements we want to fill in. We want to answer and fill in the blank on some of these things that we see on the board. Everyone has insecurities. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that you're, you're currently an insecure person. I'm saying inside of you there are areas in your life that when provoked or when brought up or when activated, it, ha- 
is, it is goes back to an insecurity that you've had in your life. And that is the label that you've been carrying. And it comes out when it's activated. When a relationship comes into your life and activates your insecurity. Sometimes it's when you're starting a new relationship. You know, a new friendship. A new, a new boyfriend. A new girlfriend. It, it can activate these insecurities. You start buying, you know, start buying stuff for your face and get rid of that, let's get rid of this, let's get rid of that. If I get rid of all these little marks on my face or my shoulder or whatnot, it's going to make our relationship awesome. And see, so we start living like that, do, do we not? We always try to put our best foot forward all the time because we're trying to, for them not to see this insecurity because if they know this insecurity, it might affect our relationship. What's at the heart of that? What is at the heart of that concept? What is at the heart of why we get so insecure? Maybe because you hated, hated freckles your whole life. For me, I didn't like my dark skin. Everyone in my neighborhood was either olive or light or white. And I was the dark guy. I was as dark as a black person in my neighborhood. I, in fact, I had darker skin than my black neighbor. He had light skin. I had dark skin. And, incredible. and then my brothers were of no help to me. My brothers were ruthless with this insecurity. Whenever, I, whenever I, I, I'd shout back at them or I'd fight them, they knew that I was insecure about that, and so they kept going. They called me names that I can't even repeat publicly to you. Names that are terrible. Comments as, as if we're at the beach. Is who brought their dog to the beach because there's poop in the sand? He was referring to me. Or at the YMCA swimming pool, someone, someone pooped in the pool and everyone's running out. No, no, it's just my brother. He's right there. I'm going like, what? what? Ruthless atmosphere at home. Ruthless. No sisters to defend me. No sister to stick up for me. It was a testosterone ruthless environment. Maybe you wish you had blonde hair. Maybe you wish you had brown hair. Maybe you wish you had curly hair. I had straight hair. I always wanted wavy hair. We all, we all know that story. I'm not going to not gonna embarrass, myself, embarrass myself any further with my Mexican afro uh, attempt of having curly hair. That's not a good picture for me. That was another insecure thing about my life. You know, as you look back in your life, there are so many things that have contributed to why we have insecurities. And we carry them into our relationships. Today, you know, um, maybe it's um, that insecure boss that you have. It's exhausting, isn't it? It's exhausting and you feel like you're walking on eggshells half the time. And uh, it's frustrating. It's really difficult to follow an insecure boss. It's also difficult to follow and to, to love an insecure wife or insecure husband. It's difficult to, to, to really love and help an insecure friend. Difficult. So the more that we're aware of our climate, the more that we're aware of what has happening underneath the surface, the better we become at really managing our own climate as we bring them into a relationship. You know, in Marketing 101, the one thing that they love to capitalize on, and if you just watch TV tonight, Majority of the commercials are capitalizing on a deep insecurity you have. 
You know, there was an old famous Dove commercial back in the 80s. So she hates her freckles. She doesn't like, she's too short. She thinks she's too heavy. And if you buy Dove, it's going to make it all go away. <laughs> you buy Dove and just put it lather over your body, it's going to make your freckles be awesome. You're going to magically lose weight. You're going to magically go from a brunette to a blonde. It's going to be magical. <laughs> and that's what they do. That's what they do. It's marketing. Because in the world's view, self-esteem is the cure for insecurity. If you buy that dress, it's going to make your relationships awesome. If you get this hairstyle, everyone's going to, just going to be in awe and want to be your friend. Self-esteem is the world's answer for insecurity. Now every year, I, I hate doing this, but I watch it just for the chuckles. I watch Barbara Walters. And you know Barbara Walters in 2020. She's very famous. And she has all these beautiful, gorgeous men and women to interview successful people in all the world that we have dreamed to become like them. We've acted like them at school. Hey, I'm Danny Zuko. How you doing? We've done all that. We've admired these people. And they go on a show and halfway through the interview, they start to cry. Because they, they confess that they are the most insecure people. Yet they have the beauty, they have the money, they have the looks, they have the career, and self-esteem has not cured their insecurity. So that begs the question, what does cure your insecurity. And that's the question that we want to answer today for you. What is the cure for the insecurity that seep out or leak out when you're involved in a new environment, a new relationship, a new job? Maybe you're coming to church for the first time in many years. And so there's an insecurity. Am I going to be judged? I've had that before. Well, there's so many opportunities that are before us that bring out our in security. So, you know, we know this doesn't work. We know this not to be true. We know this. And we also know that self-esteem only can deal with the exterior of who you are. It only can deal with your haircut, the type of clothes, the type of skin you have, anything outside it can deal with. But it does not cure the labels that we carry inside of our hearts. So what is the answer? We're going to go to the Bible. And Paul, uh, an apostle, a follower of Jesus. And these are very old, ancient manuscripts. So we're going to go way back in time to look at these manuscripts that Paul, the apostle, wrote for us through, through the guidance of God to give us an answer to this question that we all suffer with. What is the real cure for insecurity. Because when we, don't, when we don't answer this question, we walk around with an unstable climate. We bring an instability into our relationships. So what does Paul say? He says, For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. And here's the key phrase. We put no confidence... In human effort. We put no confidence in the flesh. We put no confidence in the outside. See, we don't put the confidence, you know. We don't do that. 
You know, if you embrace this concept of you changing your climate, one of the things we know is that we can't put our, our, our emotions and our effort into changing our flesh. So Paul, what does Paul say? Well, Paul says this. Though I have confidence in my own effort, if, any, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts... I have even more. He's trying to say, look, you know, if you think you're confident in you, let me tell you about my background. Let me tell you about what I have done. And this is what he says. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. That was, the, that was a part of the law when you grew up in a Jewish household. You had to be circumcised. He goes, I am pure-blooded. Pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. That was a very important tribe to be a part of. He says, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees. That was a very uh, high, uppity, religious body of the Jewish people. They knew the, the Old Testament. They studied it. And he was one of those who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. He says, man, I put so much effort, I put so much time into being the most obedient, knowledgeable Pharisee in the land. I have had, I've had confidence in my flesh. I am, I am a successful Pharisee. Is what he's saying. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for the righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Wow, what a statement. There are, there are over 600 laws in the Old Testament. I was faultless. I never missed a time of praying. I didn't violate any laws. I was faultless. I was successful. And so Paul is sharing. He's saying, look guys, if you want to put stock in your, your, your life and your self-esteem, let me tell you, I did that too. I persecuted the church. Paul is sharing his side of the story. And look what he says. This is so amazing. As he transitions this, this self-esteem to I once thought these things were valuable. I once thought that the outside mattered so much it was worth something. What do you value? What, what's so valuable to you? He says, now, but now I consider them worthless. Because of what Christ has done. So there's, there's an answer in there. What's the, what's the cure for insecurity? Well, Paul's trying to tell us here. He's trying to tell us something. He's like, hey, putting your hope in the outside stuff isn't going to happen. Isn't going to work. I tried that. It didn't work. It didn't help me. The things that I thought that were once valuable, I now consider worthless. Hmm. So he, he, he's ne his next chapter in the book of Philippians gives us a landmark scripture. It's probably Googled in the top five of all Bible verses. Is this. Uh, before we get to that this verse. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. That I could gain Christ. And here's the statement that's Googled 
more times in the top five. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The key, the key word I want you to focus on is who it's through. Not through makeup. Not through a haircut. Not through a salary. Not through fine clothing. Not through coaches' bags. Not through fishing boats. Not through your degrees or your intellect. Through Christ who strengthens me. Anything. So I'm going to share a little bit about my life with you. I was a, I grew up an insecure child. Here's an obvious picture of me. It's unsure of myself. I, I had no confidence in the flesh there. Uh, I was very, very insecure. Growing up, uh, my parent, my dad worked a lot, was hardly ever home, and he worked many hours, and my mom was managing four children. That's very hard. So you, you, get, you get a little neglected, you get a little insecure. Do, I, do people really love me? Do they care about me? And then, uh, you know, a little bit years later, I was playing baseball with a few of my you know, neighborhood friends. I was trying to kind of get in their club, you know, get in the neighborhood social club. And so what they did, they got a baseball bat, and they were, they were playing baseball with a kickball. And we all, but we, it's always, it was like our second year of baseball, so we're all trying to show off, and, and they're hitting this kickball really far, and it's kind of flat, and they, they keep hitting it, and I'm pitching it, and I'm catching the ball, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be lifelong friends, this is going to be awesome. And then as my turn came up, I hit the kickball with the bat, and, the, and it was such a, it was such a um, untechnical swing that I hit the, the, the kickball, and the bat flew right back in my face and gave me one of those. And then I cried like a baby. I thought I was going to die. My friend uh, drove me, uh, rode me back on my bicycle on the scene. I'm crying and I'm crying. And I go in the house and I really never talk to him again. I thought that just ruined our friendship. I'd say hi to my school, but I would, I would just shy away. It was such an embarrassing moment for me to go, boom, boom, boom. Oh, I hit myself in the face. When they were doing it just fine. And so we never really had a good friendship because I was so insecure that we can't be friends. They, they must not like me. They must think I'm a total idiot for doing that. So I worked out past that, played soccer, scored some goals. Thought I felt better about myself. You know how that goes. I'm going to do something I love and really good at so I can be better. I wasn't a great baseball player, but I was a really good soccer player. There's Gio as a preteen. You know, a pre, maybe a yeah, junior high school kid. And sort of, I started noticing the girls at, at school and started to, you know, hey, how's it going? How you doing? I'm not realizing that I had a 1970s haircut. I was kind of not. I was unaware that my hair and fashion were not in play. I was very slow on the uptake of knowing what's fashionable. I was always late, and I always fault my immigrant parents for that. Hello. So, a few years later, I, I'm going I'm to look pregnant. I'm going to be prepping. Wow. But lo and behold, just, just one week prior to this picture, you can't see it, but uh, right here on, just underneath my nose, is a scar, and right between my eyebrows is a scar, because I dove into a pool with five feet of depth, and I scraped my face on the bottom of the pool, just before the week of pictures. I'm like, this is great. So I thought, how can I get people not to stare at my face? I'm gonna, I begged my mom to buy me this shirt. I, I always went to buy this shirt because of that little symbol right there. Yeah. 
That little guy, for some reason, that seems to be in all the racks and in all the stores. Mom, you gotta get me this because I gotta hide this. Is that an alligator? It's a kind of like, I don't even know what it was. It probably wasn't cool because we bought it at Kmart. <laughs> That's why it's that. My version of fashion was Kmart. That's all we knew. We didn't go into the mall. I didn't, we didn't shop there. We shopped at Kmart. But in my world, Kmart, this must be cool. All the kids are doing it, but turned out it was not. And then you go to the high school days. This is the 8th grade photo. This is the most embarrassing photo in my life that I'm going to share with you. I am, I am, I am throwing out my deepest, scariest insecurity before you this morning. Please, please, please know this. There is Geogorsis in the middle wearing a uh, checkered shirt with a striped sweater. What's the fashion no-no? And here I was taking a picture on Valentine's Day who I thought were the coolest people that I could surround myself with. And notice they're all Latin. And I'm in the middle there. And my face thinks, I'm like, oh yeah, I am the coolest right now. Ladies, are you watching this? I am the coolest. Such an embarrassing photo. I found it deep in the archives of a photo of my mother had of me. And she had this picture. And it was terrible. It was really awful. And then uh, in, in college, I became a Christian. And uh, I started to understand how, how my insecurities, how they were activated. And the Bible really taught me a lot. And I was able to really overcome a lot. And I, I stopped caring what I looked like. I stopped caring what people thought of me. And so I, as a disciple on a soccer team, I was able to have a, an enjoyable time playing collegiate soccer. I was the only Christian on the team, but I was always reaching out. I was never insecure about who I was, what I am, what I did. Uh, yeah, I didn't sleep with girls. I didn't do the drugs. I didn't party with the team. I was there, but I, didn't, I did not participate. And it, it, really, it, it really, really gave me so much confidence that I put myself, my strength through Christ. Not through a haircut, not through a picture, not through anything else, but through that. So how do we deal with insecurity? The most sinister thing about insecurity is this. At the very heart of insecurity, at at its core, is the fear of rejection. Is the fear of being rejected. That's why we try to cover it up, hide it, discard it, not deal with it, not talk about it, because inside we fear a rejection of a relationship. And if you have children, they are going to go through this. Just as you went through this. Just as at times you're going through it now. Especially if you transition to a new job, one of the insecurities is that I hope I can stay here for a while because I really like it. I don't want to be rejected. When you have a relationship, the, the, the very beginnings of it is a lot of insecurity because you're afraid of they might not reciprocate how, how I feel about them. So what is, what is the cure for insecurity? You know, we know that the world's way of self-esteem does not work. We know I've tried many ways of being I'm not an insecure person in my life. And I just shared with you some of the most craziest pictures of my, of my childhood. i got other ones I'm proud of, but those are the ones that are most embarrassing to me. Because I don't put my stock in that anymore. So what is the cure? 
What did Paul say the cure was? He says, hey, I put a lot of stock into what I thought was valuable in the flesh. But now through Christ. And if we can get this understanding, it's much more of a perception versus something you can do. And I hope you walk away this morning just with a changing of your the way you think about it. Not so much what you're going to go outside and start doing. But at the core, this is the answer. What we get in God is that we get accepted. God accepts us. And that, at the very core, is what we want in every relationship. We want to be accepted. We want to be welcomed and accepted with our flaws. With our angst. With our awkwardness. With our 70s shirt on. We want to be accepted. And God gives us an alternative to the world's answer of self-esteem, God says, no, 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 this deals with the inside. The core of the inside of who you are, I accept you. When you become a child of God, you're accepted. It is the greatest feeling. And that scripture comes alive through Christ, who I can do anything with He who strengthens me. I can do anything. Anything God calls you to do, you can do. My plan of my life was not to be a minister. That was not my plan. My plan was to play professional soccer and get the easiest possible degree in college so I don't have to study. That was my plan. And it was an awesome plan, but God had different plans for me. And one of the things that I value the most is I'm accepted by God. When people criticize me, I'm accepted by God. When people criticize you, you're accepted. Because the thing that activates our insecurity the most is when someone says things about you that can activate the deepest hurts in our life. And we start to live by that comment again. There's that label. Even as a Christian, you can give yourself a label and take this label off. And I want you to put this label on your heart. I'm accepted. Yeah, I keep those freckles because God thinks they're cool. That haircut's just fine with God. They had it worse in the first century. Right? Your skin tone is absolutely fine. Yeah, that mark on my, that sunspot on my cheek I got because I didn't listen to my mom putting sun ta- sun, sunblock on my face for years. I got this ugly looking sunspot. I've been trying to neutralize that bad boy for years. But God thinks it's pretty pretty fine with him. But from time to time I go, gotta get that rid of the t- Can I preach like this? Can I hide that thing? I should listen to my mom a long time ago. Acceptance. Acceptance is the cure. Because why? Because it overpowers insecurity. It overpowers. The insecurity that is that it comes with your climate. When you enter a relationship and it's activated, acceptance overpowers insecurity. Think about your marriage. Your marriage is healthy and strong when you and your spouse accept each other. Yeah. There's a freedom there. 
But when there's no acceptance, we live in this insecure relationship. We're afraid to kind of, you know, to express who we really are. We try to hide it at times, even in our marriages, even in our relationships, even in, when you come to church. Acceptance overpowers insecurity. It conquers it. And when you get, get this idea in your head, that the climate of your relationship improves when you see you as God sees you. When you start seeing you as God sees you. That's the perception change. But we want to go back to those old photos, don't we? No, no, but I'm really this. I'm, this, I'm that. No. When you start seeing you as God sees you, your climate changes. It goes from unstable to stable. Your relationships change. It begins to improve. Whose acceptance are you trying to achieve? Your bosses? Your wife's? Husbands? Your friends at church? I think for all of us, if we simply change the way we look at, our, at God and see ourselves the way God sees us. Because when God sees you and you've decided to make a decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, God sees Jesus in you. That's the beauty of it. He doesn't see all your insecurities and flaws and all your sinfulness. He sees the righteousness of His Son Jesus in you. That's a great feeling. That is a phenomenal feeling and understanding to have. That God does not look at you the way you look at you. And that's the change of perception. That's what we're trying to accomplish today. That's the answer we're trying to give you. Is when we see the climate of your relationships improves when you see you as God sees you. Thank you and have a great afternoon.